Hi, this is Michelle Aslan with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together. Today, I am so excited to have Teresa Pridemore as my guest. Teresa has been doing her work for more than 14 years, and she calls herself the Sovereign Spirit. And I love that for many reasons. But first, I'm going to say that we met because of various connections. My friend, who is a big connector, said, you need to go to Christine Longmire's bookstore, Two Rivers Books, where she curates her books and things, and it's a beautiful, beautiful place. And I was purchasing some books, and I was like, oh, I should tell this local woman bookstore owner that I just created a celestial planner. And and the idea literally just came up, and it came out of my mouth. There was no controlling it at all. (laughs) And she said, oh, you need to meet my friend Teresa. And it took us a little bit to get connected, but I get the sense things like that happen to you a lot. So before we get into what you do, can you talk about that a little bit? Oh, about how things just happen to me a lot? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny. I, I, I thank you, first of all, for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be great chat. I just know knowing you, so I'm really delighted and ready to dig in. Um, and yeah, I, I have a, a tendency to be a connector no matter, <laughs> you know, what my intentions are. It's just in my field, you know, that, that people are going to be connected uh, to me through me. Um, and of course, you know, Christine, as you mentioned, she's also like that as well. She's a big, very powerful connector. So when you get two of us together, then <laughs> things happen, right? They, they, yeah, all kinds of manner of things could, could happen. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, aside from that, it's funny, like I laugh about the, the spirit-led people, the, the soulful people that come into my world um, through every possible avenue. It's like I'm a magnet for that. And uh, like my, the guy who cleans my office, he was a building cleaner and I got connected to him and um, was like, can you come every couple of weeks and just you know clean up my office? It's hard to keep supplies here. And he said, sure. And then I get to know him over a few months and he speaks to the dead and he talks to his grandmother and he sees ghosts, you know, I'm like, of course, even my cleaning guy <laughs> is, uh, is, is, is an empath and uh, a medium, of course. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's just what happens to me. You got it. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. So you have a mission and you shared it with me before we got on here. And you said that your mission is to support healers, creatives, and visionaries to step fully into their genius body of work, be visible for their gifts and claim their weird and woo without apology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Can you kind of, I don't know, lead off on that? Extrapolate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, a little background about me. So I, I spent, I've spent over 20 years in the online communication space. I've, I've made websites, you know, freelance. I've worked for, interactive firms and agencies. I've worked for LucasArts for a brief period of time. You know, I have touched um, visual communications, written communications, working with businesses for a long time. And, you know, early on in my business, I was mostly doing web design. But what is common for people who need a website is that they also are in a process of getting clarity about their business. Um, usually small business owners, the first thing they think is, I need a website. And then you get into the process and you go, oh crap, 
I don't know as much as I thought I knew <laughs> about what I'm doing, right? Feels really clear up here in our heads, not always so clear, you know, when we're sitting down in the nitty gritty of trying to write site copy and make decisions about design and logo and all that stuff. So what ended up happening was, um, aside from being kind of an emotional, spiritual counselor through this process, and I also, of course, attracted a lot of empaths and healers into my container, being you know a, a support and a sounding board for all of these big decisions, I was also coaching people on business decisions, like how to build a program, what prices to do, you know, what price points to price all your services and offerings at, um, how to build this out on the back end technology wise, if you're doing an online program. So I ended up having to amass a bunch of skills outside of just what I was doing as a visual designer and um, uh, a coder, right? Back then I was also coding my sites, but I had worked in interactive firms and worked for bigger companies like Hewlett Packard and um, gosh, like everything's escaping my mind. I worked for Nike. I've done a bunch of different, different things for bigger brands. And I had learned so much about working with the content teams, how to write effective copy as well. So I ended up doing a lot of things I wasn't getting paid for, for one. <laughs> for two, um, I, 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 I realized that what I'm really teaching people how to do is communicate about their business. Because what would happen is these empaths would launch their website, <laughs> these healers, these practitioners, and it wouldn't really move the meter much for them. They would expect it to. And the reason it didn't is because they were terrified of being seen. Mm. They were terrified of putting that price out there or, or charging that much, you know, for a thing or asking people to come into their workshop. There was a lot of visibility stuff that came up. And after dealing with this, you know, for 10 years with people, um, I realized the bigger problem is that, that people need to feel safe being visible. They need to be clear about their body of work. They need to know how to message because that's actually where you get clients and, it, you want to have a good professional website. Ultimately, you want to keep messaging and showing up. So that was, that's kind of a longer story, but helps you understand like, why, why did I go from there to here? And why do I care so much about this? It's like, I want to see healers and practitioners and visionaries and creatives thrive in the world. That was so beautiful. And I have one thing I want to add to that. Yeah. Um, before we actually met, Matt, we, uh, I was checking out your website and because, you know, it's, I research, this is what I do. And you have this video that's there. Now I need to say, I don't really like watching videos. <laughs> They're unpredictable. You don't know if somebody's going to have a focus. You don't know what you're getting sucked into. And there was right. something about the way that your website was laid out, the words that were there that I was like, again, like me telling Christine, I made a celestial planner. I had to click the button to hit play. And it was so beautiful to get a sense of how you work with people. And then really like, you know, people who dabble in woo. And I'm like, oh my gosh, these are my people. And she's talking to them. <laughs> oh yeah. So you, thank you for that. I appreciate that. I actually made that video myself. <laughs> it was fantastic. I loved it. <laughs> and you are welcome. So as you said, we empaths and healers and witchy woo people, mm -hmm. we have, there's a couple different things. Mm -hmm. One, like this visibility, like, so can you talk about that? And you like to use the phrase spirit led people. Right. Yeah. Spirit led soulful people, people who are, you know, you might meditate in the morning and get guidance from source on what to do, whatever you call that, you know, um, you are 
leading from your heart, from your intuition, not necessarily from your monkey mind, or at least you're trying to, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're, we're trying to listen to a deeper voice, come pull from a deeper well when we're living and being in the world. So that can look all kinds of ways. For some people, they don't totally identify with the spirit part, but they are very mission led and, they, and they're, they're leading from their heart. So there's, there's a, a few different ways that can be um, classified, I guess. But yeah, visibility, um, well, you know, you talked about the witchy people. Like we have a witch wound, right? The, the witch wound is the I'm going to be burned at the stake just like that last lifetime or the many, many before it. You know, we live in a time where more is possible for us in terms of being authentic and seen um, and, and true to ourselves in a more public way. Some of the things that were once seen as very um, out there, and strange or a little more mainstream now. So there's a little bit more permission. It doesn't mean that there aren't modern day equivalents of getting burned at the stake, right? There's so many ways that can happen without you ever getting physically in danger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and those can be just as painful in some ways to experience, you know? So we're also afraid of being visible because we're going to get backlash or we're going to say something wrong. I, I have this thing that I say, there's nothing worse for an empath than to have our intentions misconstrued. (laughs) Because we're always like the way, so a lot of us, I'm kind of jumping in deep, but a lot of us have childhood wounding um, around living in a very uh, volatile environment and we would mediate and control things on an emotional, energetic level without even realizing it to stay safe. Mm -hmm. And so how that that plays out in, in the world when we're, going out and showing up for our business is that we uh, tend to try to control the energy in the room, but the room is too big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's no way to control it. And so we, we just, we blow our fuse or we just go hide out because we know there's just no way instead of releasing and relinquishing control and just saying, you know what? Some people are going to get triggered. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to misconstrue my intentions. Um, I might miscommunicate. You know, I have to let go of how people receive me and just do my best to stay in my integrity. Be, you know, be careful. Don't like blindly, like, you know, stomp on people without any kind of intention. Like sometimes people say dr- dr- dramatic things because that's what needs to be said. You know, if you know that you're coming from a grounded place and that, that's fine. But, you know, it's not about being, um, overly, we don't want to be overly careful. We, we are often overly careful to the point of defeating ourselves, mm. basically because we want to stay safe. We think it's to take care of everyone, but really it's so that we don't get that backlash and we got to let go. I mean, it, it's, there's no way we can control that. And I think that is a big life lesson for empaths is that we have to let go of control and let go of trying to control how other people's engage us and see us and just be ready to be strong in ourselves and be without apology. You know, it comes back to that being without apology. Thank you for that perspective. I really enjoy hearing your take on things. Uh, Mm. So that's actually a good segue to another question. Yeah. So what are some common beliefs that woo people have Mm -hmm. and it really doesn't serve their business? Mm -hmm. Money is evil. (laughs) Mm. I mean, Money is sticky and icky. I just read a great uh, article from Carolyn Elliott about how money is dirty, you know? And it's funny because I haven't really taken that standpoint. I do think that there, there's like the, the 3D version of money, 
in our world. And then there's a more of a, a cleaner energetic, like well that money springs from, right. That we intend to access. And I think first we have to acknowledge that there, yes, there is a wellspring of money that we have deserved to have access to. And that is clean, but money on the 3d realm is a little bit dirty as she would say. And you have to make peace with that. You know, you have to make peace with the fact that you are, you need money to survive and you deserve to thrive. Like you need to, like we need to get our energy out of worrying about um, all of the darkness and icky about money and tap into our own personal energy around how we can serve and receive money in return. Like we have to get real that we deserve that money. Mm -hmm. And what else are we going to do if we're not taking care of ourselves <laughs> and we're not make, you know, meeting our baseline needs um, more than our baseline needs. If we're not thriving, then we cannot serve at our best. And then we're not really as good of a use to the world anyways, you know, uh, as we could be. Mm -hmm. So it's a, there is a worthiness piece there. And that can be a lifetime learning for, for people in our position. It's not an easy thing. I feel like I go through dips on this and <laughs> have to reevaluate. I'm kind of honestly in the middle of a, another reevaluation of like, oh, duh, like I'm missing another piece of this money thing mm -hmm. for myself, you know? So just deciding that you are, you're here to make some money. You're here to make a living. You're here to charge your value, getting real about like, what does your time cost? What does it really cost? You know, you might be like, oh, I'm just going to give that session for $50. You know, that's, that's enough. But when you think about taxes and overhead and having an office, like you've got to get real about that stuff. We want to stick our heads in the sand and not look at the line items, but we have to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, oh, money requires awareness and love and devotion, like any other thing that we might want to breathe spirit and life and source into. And so I try to, think of money as devotional, you know, mm. and, and if you have a practice around, you know, sitting down and getting clear and listening to source and meditating, maybe part of your spiritual practice is opening QuickBooks and categorizing some things or using, you need a budget. That hurts. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it hurts me too. <laughs> like right now going through a big, 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 like just in the last 24 hours, I had a like, oh gosh, I lost this again. You know, I lost it again. Like if I'm losing it, I get, you know, and I, I really, I preach this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, if I lose it, everyone can lose it. But you know, again, we can't grow anything that we don't give awareness to. Yeah. You know, so I wish, I, I feel like I could just get on a, a soapbox and repeat everything Carolyn Elliott said in her article. It was amazing. Check it out. It's on Medium. Look it up. Um, another thing she said is we have to make, make peace with the fact that we are predators in a way. Like, you know, we have to be on the hunt and we don't like that. No. It feels not spiritual. No, the you know, in the word hustle, like I do not like, maybe that. not hustle. I think hunt is different. Oh, I think understanding that, that, you know, there is a survival piece to it. It's, and it's not like I'm going to go eat you. You're my prey kind of thing, you know, like client is my prey, but it is, it is recognizing that there, we have a, uh, a body. <laughs> That's the other thing. I would say second thing, we have this body that we live in. Sometimes it can feel so yummy to check out and go to the astral and be daydreamy and meditate. And then we got to take action. And that's what the 3D body requires. That is not an unspiritual thing. Our spirits chose to be in these bodies for a reason. So we have to work with them. And part of that is feeding ourselves and, 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 and recognizing that that 
looks like being uncomfortable sometimes. And, you know, if, if we were actually hunting or foraging, we'd be getting up really early and doing it all day. It'd be really hard work, you know, but we get to hunt and forage for what we care about and what we want, how we want to really serve. We're not forced to just spend our days finding food, you know? Right. So if there is a piece that has to be made and it isn't easy, you know, it feels, it feels out of character for us. But the thing is, I don't think that a lot of people recognize how much the resistance to that comes from wounding as opposed to a spiritual inclination. You know, it comes from old wounds where we were told you're not supposed to charge for, you're supposed to give, you know, unconditionally, you're supposed to <laughs> this, this, and that, right? Stay small. I mean, there's another thing. You don't, you don't want to be loud. You don't want to mm -hmm. take up too much space. And um, that's another thing we have to get over because the people out there that we admire who are really succeeding and being in service on a big level, they are not apologizing. You know, they know, ex they, I am willing to bet that they know exactly that they're, they're here to, to, to be in service and also to be compensated for that. Mm -hmm. And they don't have a problem with it. They've overcome that. Yeah. So, so that's, that's another thing. And it feels like a weird thing to get on a soapbox about when I deal with visibility, but there's a lot of this tied in, tied in with that, like the not being able to value ourselves. And I've seen people, including myself at a very high level and still have wounds around that uh, to heal that are getting in our, that are getting in their way. You know, it doesn't matter how successful you are. Yeah. Um, we find these moments where our outflow outpaces our inflow and it's like a subconscious tendency to want to give our money away. <laughs> oh, I want to dig into that a little bit more, but yeah. first we need to take a little break. Welcome back. We have been talking about money and money as barriers. And I love that this came up for a lot of reasons, in part because of what you were saying, Teresa, and how we have all these like shoulds that are sort of layered on. And it does become a really big barrier. You touched on a lot of the things that I already made notes on, but I want to recap them a little bit. A lot of mm -hmm. common things. So I loved how you talked about accepting that money can be dirty. And another aspect of what I've learned, and I'm still learning how to process this myself, right? Like I still have lessons to learn, but a, um, a, so for a thought exercise, we call money currency, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, so what else do we call currency? Energy. Energy is current, right? So when we're exchanging money, we're exchanging energy. And so how do we want to choose to play into that? And there's lots of things and we already kind of touched on it, but I just want to kind of clarify it. Like, so on one hand, we don't have enough, but on the other hand, we need it to pay our bills. The girls got to eat, right? Mm -hmm. And, or we don't deserve it and money is dirty, but you want the thing. And, you know, and I bought this $13 microphone from Amazon and it might be kind of, it might be time to upgrade and it's only two weeks old, right? <laughs> so like you, you, the, we need it. It's our currency of, of change, of trade. So yeah. When you're working with your woo and empaths and these soul-led businesses, I like the term soulpreneur, but spirit-led, mm -hmm. whichever, mm -hmm. how do you guide them while you're looking at what they do mm -hmm. and the whole package of what they do? And it's, you know, I get the sense that they do lots of different things yeah. and you're trying to like, so what's your process? What is your process? And especially when it comes mm -hmm. to guiding them through money blocks. 
Yeah. Well, a lot of money blocks show up as visibility blocks, you know, um, it'll show up as, well, I mean, it, it comes down to pricing things too, but there, there will, there will, even if you price something and you feel good about it, if you're not showing up and selling it, there's a money block there, right? Too. I mean, that can be tied into everything, but the process that I use, um, is really about a lot of listening up front. You know, when you're working with multi-passioned people, you want to kind of get everything on the table. And I, I, I like to read between the lines and, and really listen into what people are really uh, actually passionate about versus what they think they ought to do. <laughs> That's one piece of it. Um, and it doesn't mean that they'll jump right into it, but just getting clear on like, what are the unconscious things under the surface that are playing out that we can, we need to bring to the surface. And then listening in and, and, and figuring out, well, where do they want to go? Where are they now? You know, there's, there's some people have already got a business established that they've been working in and, and there isn't going to be like an overnight jump into something new. So they need to have a little bit of an idea how they might transition or bring some of the new in. So we, we look at, you know, first, what's their primary service offering and then how to weave more of them into it. Sometimes it doesn't mean bringing everything they do to the table. It might be too much or too overwhelming for a client, but getting to the heart of like, what is that new thing sat satisfying? What urge is that satisfying? Is there another way to satisfy that urge? And, you know, I think that um, a lot of business owners want to have more creative expression in their business and they might have a book in them for, for instance, but they haven't figured out how to bring their body of work together in a focused way to know what to focus on writing about. You know, they, they may have an idea about a book, but then they don't really know how it makes sense with their business. So helping get clarity on what your body of work is and how it all comes together. How is it all talking to each other so that even if you're, if you're here in your massage business, you go over here and you make art, <laughs> what's the core theme so that everyone kind of understands what you're about and they're not just saying, Oh, she's a massage therapist, but she, she does this art, weird art stuff too. You know, like if you know what your thread is, then you can speak to that and just be in your power about all the facets you possess and how to kind of bring them together. So I think that being clear about what your core message is and your core body of work is, is really important because the other thing that does is let you bring creative expression into your messaging. Empaths, healers, practitioners tend to hate messaging. It feels like marketing. It is. <laughs> I, I, uh, we used to call things newsletters and I stopped. I call it email marketing. <laughs> it is marketing, but it's okay. You can serve and market, you know, you can be in service in your marketing. You can be creative in it. And I believe that, you know, instead of seeing it as a kind of a job to do, we can shift into an attitude of, okay, how do I make this fun for me and my audience? How can I be creative about this? you know, how can I serve through my message? So that, that's another thing that we work on is really understanding what the core message is because that's what's going to keep people coming into your container is, is messaging on, on social media or via email um, and staying top of mind, you know, and staying relevant and present in someone's life. Can you get dig in a little bit more into the connection between spirit and creative expression? Yeah, sure. I, I think that for a lot of my clients, a lot of them channel and scribe. So that is, I, you know, um, they get quiet and things kind of come through them. They were a conduit for information versus just 
beating their head, trying to like come up with something new and just write it. There's, there's a, there's not to say that there are people that don't necessarily think that they're channeling or scribing that just naturally things flow for them. They have a talent for it, a knack for it. And, and you know, who's to say whether that isn't a form of just being a conduit or not. Like I think that anyone who has any genius or talent, there's some, to some degree, they're a conduit for genius, right? Some of these things come from outside of us, whether we know it or not. But I think that coming at creativity from a, a spirit led place for, as an example, it, you know, it, like you meditate, you clear, you get grounded, you come into your body and you ask for things to come to you. That is a really fun. I mean, I think that's one of the most fun ways to be creative because it feels more effortless. Mm -hmm. it, it, you're not responsible for everything. I think um, Elizabeth, uh, oh gosh, I've forgotten her last name, um, talks about, uh, she did a TED talk on genius. Um, I'll remember later when I'm not thinking about it. Anyways, she, Gilbert, Elizabeth Gilbert did a, a talk on genius and how like when you are responsible for genius, it is a heavy burden. But if you let yourself be a conduit and for genius and receive genius and your responsibility is to capture it, you're like, you're like the divine note taker, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you just make it a practice that I had this insight. Oh crap. Let me go put it down so I can go write something for my audience about it. Let me do this while it's fresh because right now I'm receiving I have the radio tuned. I better document all of this while I'm tuned into this station. A lot easier, a lot more fun, a lot less effort, and you don't have to be responsible for every single bit of information coming in, you know? Mm -hmm. How do you carve out practice for that for yourself? For me, you know, I, I, for some people, like it's good to do like a daily thing. And for me, what I have to do is have specific days in my week designated for creative output, at least for part of the day. Mm -hmm. So I eventually worked my schedule out so that my Mondays are business development and content development days. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, cause now at this point I can kind of on command write whatever I need to write and tune into what needs to be written. Nice. But I'll write, I'll work on my book on that day. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other as far as content writing goes for my list, um, it's funny, the accountability of, of needing to write for the list actually pulls me into, you know, this creative output because I've made it part of my routine with my business. You know, I go, oh, wait a minute, I didn't get time today to go write this message for tomorrow. I better sit down and do that. And then I give myself a time limit and do it. Um, but it's, it, you know, some, I, I can do that now because I did spend a lot more time being intentional and scheduling in time mm -hmm. to do stuff. Or I take notes. Uh, if I get something really juicy, I have Google Keep. So I put it in a Google Keep note and I come back to it later yeah. and expand upon it. Nice. So in your uh, creativity and expression and hearing people, you've created some things. And I'm going to pull a card from one of the things. Um, unfortunately, I don't own all the things. So the thing that I am referring to is the Sovereign Oracle by Teresa Pridemore. It is a 93 card Oracle deck and it's little and tiny and beautiful and wonderful. And I'll have Teresa talk more about it in a moment, but first, ooh. Oh, I pulled surrender. Yeah. That's and a good one. Let go of changing things outside of your control. <laughs> Sorry, my Aries rising is having a problem with that. 
<laughs> Don't let the drive of your ego get in the way of true peace. Release the need to win. Mm. So yeah, the way that works is if you draw the card, you either tune into the word, one of the three statements. So you made three statements um, or all of them, whatever is resonating, you know, but it's kind of a choose your own adventure sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a perfect one. Cause I've, that's been the theme of my year. <laughs> yeah. So I've uh, done a couple of these interviews now and I, uh, I guess back to connection in yeah. three of them. Now we've pulled cards for various reasons. And what uh -huh. I love about this is that the card has resonated with both the person I was interviewing and myself. Oh, that's so, great. Can you talk a little bit about some of these products that you have created? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so the Sovereign Oracle, um, like you said, it's a little mini deck. I wanted something I could put on my desk or have at a coffee shop to get quick hit insight. Like I love sitting down with an Oracle deck and looking at the beautiful pictures and reading from a book, but that didn't suit me in the flow of a creative process or making decisions for my business. So I created that deck for creatives and business people um, as a get unstuck quick kind of thing. And it's been working well in that, in that regard. Um, so that came out of years and years working with clients and just thinking like, what kinds of guidance do I need? Do I want? And do my clients need? I use this deck all the time too. It's something I made for myself as much <laughs> as anyone else, which is really funny. And then, then the other deck I created before that, that gave me the belief that I could just be a deck creator was the Portland Tarot. So that's a 23 card major arcana deck. And it features uh, people from who were living in Portland at the time, uh, Portland places, landmarks, and, and Portland kind of energies, you know. So some of it is a little uh, kind of my take on a traditional interpretation. Some of it is a little bit subversive and shifted around. Um, to, to match kind of a more modern day feeling. And that's what I created that deck for is I was really craving a deck that had modern symbology and a modern sensibility um, that wasn't just whimsical, magical. It needed to have a little bit of groundedness to it, but also accessible. I wanted it to be able to be someone's first tarot deck if they were nervous about tarot. Mm -hmm. And I've heard that so many times that people say it was my first tarot deck. I got a great story yesterday. I went to a screenwriting networking event and was knee deep, like really connecting with this guy. And then I mentioned the Portland Tarot and he's like, whoa, my wife and I moved here because of your tarot deck. <gasps> <laughs> and again, connections. <laughs> right? It was so crazy, yeah. Uh, it's a little longer story, but it's basically like they came here six years ago, visited, bought the deck. They, you know, they were liking the city. Um, they bought the deck and after playing with it, they took it back home and played with it. And they're like, no, we've got to move to the city. This is too cool. You know? So that's, awesome. that's so great. <laughs> so crazy. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was the, the other, the other deck that I created. And then because a lot of what my clients need to do is make decisions quickly mm -hmm. and trust themselves to make decisions. I also like to create decision-making tools. So, um, I made this, uh, digital guide with some videos on how to work with a pendulum, but the guide is also about aligned decision-making. <laughs> it's about getting out of our own way and being able to make decisions and not spend time in ambivalence. That's what healers and, and sensitive people tend to do the most because we have to process everything on so many layers. We get ambivalent, we go, why bother? I don't need to do that. Or we get magical thinking about things. So I wanted to teach people how to use a pendulum because I love making pendulums. Um, 
And then the other thing, uh, oh, and then I've got charts that I've created too that are for business questions. So pendulum charts where you can pendulum for when to launch something or what to price something, you know? So those are some things that I've also created, but I'm in the process of uh, finishing up my book on uh, archetype alchemy for spirit led women in business, mm. dealing with a lot of these things like uh, several, I, I downloaded a system of archetypes and shadow archetypes for branding and persona development. Um, and also like, how do you run your business in a way that's really effective for you? So I'm developing that and a deck to go along with the book. So that's another thing that's in production right now that should be out in 2020. Oh, awesome. That's yeah. something to look forward to. So you have a range of things. How can mm -hmm. people work with you? So just go to my website, sovereignspirit.biz and you can make a discovery call with me there. If you want to work with me in a coaching capacity, I have uh, three to six month coaching containers. I have a VIP day that I offer from time to time, mm -hmm. uh, which is good for like quick hit stuff. And I do occasionally offer group programs as well. Um, so yeah, those are all the best ways to go about working with me. I would love to work with you. Someday, my evil alter ego, which we didn't really get a chance to mention, Lady Doom. Yes, I'm so glad <laughs> she you might be her. offering coaching someday. I don't know. <laughs> that will be fantastic. I have no idea how that that's going to happen. Do you but... think she would be open to an interview? Oh, Lady Doom. Mm. Yeah, she is always open to people adoring her and giving her attention. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see if I can get on her calendar. <laughs> okay, okay, good. Uh, what is one thing that you haven't done, but really want to? What have I not done, but really want to? Well, I will say something that I am kind of in the middle of doing, but it's so early stages that it might as well be, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cause this is, it's a long continuum with these projects it is being a showrunner. Oh yes. Yeah. That's, that's my passion. Um, my, the thing that I've been working toward, I've written, I've written the show for my alter ego lady doom. I'm in the middle of writing that I have written another show that is actually a longer format, um, metaphysical storyline, um, metaphysical mystery. Let's is kind of what I'm my shorthand for it. And that is, uh, you know, things are starting to move a little bit there. And I have a feeling next year, things are going to move a lot. So I I've been working on that, not just writing it, but I intend to be uh, somehow involved in the running of the show. Even if I'm not the lead showrunner, I want to be um, a producer on the project. So yeah, there's, there are things happening there and I love archetypes and storytelling and um, I love honoring spirit in everything I do. And that's something that I really care about. I see, um, I see storytelling and screen the show media shows are hyper sigils. And for me, so a sigil, you know, being like a symbolic representation of something, but a hyper sigil, like it can do magic and a hyper sigil is like a moving one. It's about, it's, it's really about the interactive nature of the sigil. Um, I've written things that have happened in weird kinds of ways before. It, it's really bizarre how, you know, me, media and I play together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, um, I, it's, it's a thing that I always thought I would do since I was a child and I have done things. I've been producers on live, a producer on a live show. I've done all kinds of stuff. So the building but, blocks. And then now 
yeah. now I'm ready. I'm ready to claim it. Like I've been building toward it. And now I'm actually at the point where I'm like, no, it's time to get, you know, to get fundraising uh -huh. together and to actually get someone else to pay, pay for it. Like actually go through, try to make connections and, and make that happen. So Hey, you know, early stages, but that's my, that's my thing. And I, and I'm now, I, I used to not talk about it a whole lot. Like I kind of talk about it in this, like along the side way, because it, it's, it's, it's funny. Like I want to focus on my business when I'm promoting my business and be focused, mm. but now I'm, I'm just saying, yeah, I also do this. So you're following <laughs> people your ask advice. Me like, huh? So you, what I see you do is you help people and we kind of talked about this, you know, mm -hmm. they have the massage and the art and how to connect it. Right. And you help people find the core body of work yeah, and, so, and their core power archetypes. Right. Knowing that is so powerful. I mean, we didn't really talk about that, but working from power, your power archetypes, like what are you modeling out in the world? Are you a queen? Are you a priestess? Uh -huh. uh, are you a seer? Like what is your primary thing helps a lot, or at least what hat am I wearing in this situation and that situation? Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, it's working with energy from that place is really powerful. So yeah, what I do with people is get them clear on who they are archetypally and how they're seen archetypally, how to make sense of their, their business and bring all the pieces together from a place of honoring their core message and core body of work. And then point them in the direction of things that are actually going to move the meter for them on a financial level. And also getting their work out in the world, you know, or do they need to be writing a book? Do they need to make an online program or a group program? What does that look like for them? And then making a plan for that, you know, so especially in my longer containers, we break it out. Um, some people have a lot, of, some of that more figured out. And then we, instead we focus on their content development, mm. you know, like figuring out what they're, what they need to build out now. How are they going to build their brand out in terms of their materials? So the problem with me is that I know so many different things and I can do so many different things. Um, I, I work with people on their message, but the problem is there's so much attached to that, you know, that comes in from all kinds of different angles. And, and so I, I meet people with where they're at. And if you're, if you're interested you think, gosh, I like her. I'm not quite sure if she can help me with what I need right now. Just, just reach out and do a discovery call and we'll talk about it and we can see if it's a match. And it was sovereign, uh, Oh gosh. Sovereignspirit.biz. Yes. I have it in a different space. So if people want to follow you along with like Lady Doom <laughs> projects, like where else can they find you? So you can go meet my evil alter ego. Who's like the Marie Forleo of coaching of evil coaching. Sorry. Uh, evil Marie Forleo, <laughs> Lady Doom uh, at the Lady Doom dot com. Mm -hmm. uh, also she's on Instagram, the lady doom and Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can follow sovereign spirit on Instagram. It's S O V spirit. And you can follow me too. I have my own personal account. Um, sovereign Oracle also has an account that I occasionally will post. Mm -hmm. uh, a Very part of deck the day specific. Yeah. 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 So if you just want to follow the deck, you can do that there. Awesome. Um, but yeah. Oh. Those are all the places. And just, if you sign up on my list, you'll get, I always have something for free offered a free guide. Um, right now it's my, I still have my soul brand guide up, which is an older resource, but I'll, I have other things that are coming. <laughs> so come over and get some free goodies too. Oh, I love it. So awesome. And we'll have all of these links in the show notes. So you can just click through in whatever way works best. Uh, is there any last thing you would love our listeners to know about you? Any upcoming projects or anything? Um, right now I'm thinking I just keep on the lookout for my archetype alchemy. That is what I'm really excited about. It's getting so close. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
um, and eventually we'll be hosting events around that as well. So if you're in the Portland area, um, keep on the lookout for that. And yeah, that's really it. I think that's going to be the thing I'm focusing on for the next couple of months. Probably. So exciting. So absolutely exciting. Teresa, thank you so much for joining us today. This is so exciting. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Michelle. And thank you all for joining us. Um, you know, reach out to me if you've got, if you've got any insights. I just want to say hi. <laughs> thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. This is Michelle Astley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together.